Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the one is man's best friend, but the other not so much edition. Oh, no. (laughs) Something tells me we actually aren't going to be talking about butts today. No butts. No butts. That's okay. (laughs) It's fine. I think I got some butt stuff lined up. Yeah? (laughs) I think so. I have to check my notes, but I I have a feeling I I get back to butts real quick. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the but uh, but obsessed, which is hard to say. Yeah, Marissa Riley. That's me. I'm obsessed with butts. Everyone should be obsessed with butts. They're yeah. awesome. We all have them. Yeah, they're great. That is true. They are great. And if this is your first time listening to, you know, welcome to the flock. Welcome, <laughs> Doctor Riley. Here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, um, and I. Still don't. That's right. <laughs> Today is in betweeny zero ninety nine, cannibalistic Mormon crickets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds. Sounds. Yeah. And a new discovery into dog domestication. Yes. That's right. I love dog stuff. Oh we yeah. Don't know. We have talked about dogs. Yeah. We've talked we about singing dogs. Mm-hmm. That's what I can remember off the yeah. top of my head. And then a very long time ago, we talked about puppies born with green fur. Oh, my God. Yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. We should talk about dogs more often. Yeah. Put oh. it on the list. Okay. We don't have a we, list. We can, we can do it right now. Amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that happens so fast. Let's do it. Oh, my friends. Today, we have two truly incredible stories that you might label as biblical. No. Oh. Mm-hmm. In the first half of the show... <clears throat> Excuse me. We have good old-fashioned pestilence. <laughs> sure. It happens. Millions upon millions of what's called Mormon crickets have been wreaking havoc in the American West for decades. And good news, it's been getting worse thanks to climate change. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we deserve it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, in the second half of the show, uh, good news for real, we're going to talk about wolf pups. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are yeah. there pictures? Yes. <laughs> There's so many photos. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, Ancient, ancient wolf pups that were found in permafrost, and their discovery has filled in some of the many gaps that exist in the dog domestication timeline. Oh my god. Baby wolves. Baby wolves. Baby wolves. I'm fine. I know. I'm fine. Just freaking out. You're gonna, you're gonna explode and then break, and then I'll have to put you back together. It sounds like I'm entering a cult. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't yes. that exactly what happens? It is. When you enter a cult, you yeah. explode and break, and then they put you back together. It's something worse. Right. Something very obedient. And they take all your money. Yeah. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as something broke. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, speaking of things breaking, should we begin with total destruction? Yes. Give, total, me, give me the destruction. Total maybe. destruction. Uh, all right. To do so, we need to head on over to Arlington, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was the worst reaction to a place no, I've ever had. Friends in Arlington, listeners in Arlington, yeah. d- DM me and tell me what's awesome about Arlington. <laughs> or if you hate it, yeah. uh, <laughs> tell us too. Uh, DM us too. We love to hate things. Yeah. So we'll we, hate it with you. We just want all, we want all the things. Yeah. So Arlington, Oregon, which is an incredible, incredibly tiny county uh, with a huge fucking problem. Uh, a problem that involves a creature with a voracious appetite. Oh no. Now, where in the world is Arlington, first of all? all right, yeah. Not a problem. Everyone, imagine the square we now call Oregon. 
You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Point to the middle of the northern border, and there you will find an itty bitty city of about 591 people. Oh, she's so she tiny. She's so tiny. Yeah. Oh, you all knew each other, I bet. <laughs> well, I yes. bet that gets really old. <laughs> it's Sam again. <laughs> oh. Fucking Sam. Fucking Sam. Uh, it was here in June when volunteers, Jordan Maley and April Amott, were on the hunt for what's commonly known as the Mormon cricket. That sounds complicated. <laughs> and you probably have a lot of questions about this insect. Yes. Uh, well, I hate to disappoint because it's neither a Mormon nor a cricket oh, per, per se. Okay. <laughs> even though it very much looks like one. Okay. A cricket, not a Mormon. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not, not wearing. Are Mormons the one that go to the doors? Yes. In the mm -hmm. colored shirts with short sleeves? Yeah. On yes. bicycles? That's all I know about Mormons. And multiple wives? I, it could be, I guess. Okay. I've heard that's a possibility. I don't know. I won't say anything. Please don't hurt me. Ah, <laughs> I was imagining a cricket with a short-sleeved white button-up <laughs> and a bicycle. Oh, that's cute. That's it's cute. pretty cute. I'd let that Think in. about it. If you're an artist, here's an opportunity. <laughs> So, Dr. Marissa, our resident entomologist, uh, please introduce us to this creature and provide a little more detail about it. What do you say? I say yes, because okay. I am an entomologist. Let's <laughs> do it. Not only am I a doctor, I'm this as well. All right. From uh, my favorite place, the wiki, quote, uh, the Mormon cricket is a large insect that can grow uh, to almost eight centimeters or three inches in length. She big. Mm. It lives throughout Western North America in rangelands dominated by sagebush and herbaceous flowering plants. Nice. Uh, despite its name, the Mormon cricket is actually a shield back backed katydid. Got it. Katydid. Um, according to the AP, quote, their name dates back to the 1800s when they ruined the fields of Mormon settlers in Utah. And, <laughs> quote, that's, I can't decide if that's so passive aggressive or just aggressive. It's just passive. It's just both. It's just. That's so. That's so funny. Well done. Oh, wow. Well done. Yeah, that's right, my friends. These native chonkers ruined the lives of so many Mormons. Uh, their name derives from their devastation. Wonderful. <laughs> wow, round of applause. Wonderful. Well done. Uh, so, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see this three-inch insect who, by the way, is flightless but capable of traveling 1.2 miles or two kilometers a day? which is, for its size, basically a marathon a day. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot for me, to be honest, and <laughs> I'm like a person. Um, yeah, please right, show it to Here is me. a photo, and of course, all photos we talk about today will be on our social media stuff, so please take a look at this not Mormon cricket. Not a cricket. So I'm... <laughs> not a <doctor. laughs> So I'm looking at it, and it's in the hand of a white woman with... Um, Acrylic nails, which is all I can think about right now. Um, but in her hand is what looks like a cricket. Yeah. It looks just like a cricket, but it's a Katie did. You got it. But it's a Katie did. And it's kind of like a light brownish color. It's pretty big. It's, it's like big. three inches it's long. Big and chonky. And ch she's chonky. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but you brought it up. Um, yeah. She's a little chunks. She's a little chunk. You know, adorable from a distance, but 
it's a problem. Yeah, if she landed like on your thigh, you would scream. Yeah. You would you would scream yeah. and it'd be embarrassed. you'd spill something. <laughs> Without right. a doubt. Right. Whole drink gone. So my friends, that's just one cricket and that's the hand of April Amod, Amazing. a resident of the town, and she's been taking matters well, into into her own hands. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> although the Oregon legislature spent $5 million for a Mormon cricket and grasshopper, quote, suppression program, oh. with an additional $1.2 million added this past June alone, well, these guys just keep coming back and with a vengeance. You better fucking believe they are. Yeah. Now, Dr. Marissa, before we get into what that suppression system is, would you like to take turns reporting on how these locals literally engage in hand-to-hand combat <laughs> with these insatiable insects? Yes, please. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay, from the Associated Press, quote, In 2017, Arlington saw its largest Mormon cricket outbreak since the 1940s. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't help myself. We haven't had these many crickets since the 1940s. (laughs) We're both shaking our fingers, by the way. It's it's terrible. Um, All right, continuing the quote. uh, The roads were (laughs) greasy uh, with the squished... The squashed entrails of the huge insects which damaged nearby wheat crops. Rancher Sky Krebs, what a name, (laughs) said the outbreaks have been truly biblical. Uh, On the highways, once you get them killed, then the rest of them come. What? explained, yes. (laughs) I love the stories. It has it has a beginning, middle, and I assume an end. I'm so here for it. Uh, so Mormon Chris, uh, excuse me, Mormon crickets are cannibalistic and will feast on each other, dead or alive, if not satiated with protein. Oh, I fucking love that. That's yeah. So gross. They feed on their own. Dead. Like they feed on their dead. On the, not just their dead, the roadkill of their dead, yes. the roadkill of like their cousins. Yeah, they're eating their dead cousins on the street. Think about it. Yes. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Think, okay, I'll continue the quote and stop making Jill uncomfortable. No. Uh, <laughs> continuing the quote. We're fine. <laughs> We're all fine. Uh, uh, continuing the quote. Amat found the 2017 outbreak with what she had on... Sh- oh, my apologies. Amat fought the 2017 outbreak with what she had on hand. I got a lawnmower out and I started mowing them down and killing them. She said, I took a straight hoe and I stabbed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done. Uh, Amat has organized volunteers to tackle the infestation and earned the nickname Cricket Queen. Yeah. End quote. What a goddamn hero. I don't know if her work is effective, but I love that it, she's called the Cricket it Queen. It needs to be a Netflix series. I would watch this. I mean, like, I was captivated. Yes. I, I know this is, like, a really good podcast and stuff, but, like, <laughs> just, like, on its own, that, that piece of information was freaking interesting. You could see the whole scene in front of you. Like, that... Ah. That could have been like episode three, you know, the lawnmower, whatever. Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Listen. So, so my friends, despite the intense stabbiness of the uh, Cricket Queen and her volunteer minions, they have faced an uphill battle, to say the least. Last year alone, the Crickets ate through 10 million acres. And that's a lot. But to put the damage done on a personal level... Diana Fillmore, a local rancher, told the AP she spent $45,000 
just to restock the hay intended for her livestock, but was devoured by the insects. Dude, that's like a salary. Yeah. That's like... That's a salary. That's a salary's worth of, like, food. Yeah. That exactly. they took. Gone in, like, a month. God, that yeah. sucks. Now, because of all of this, farmers can request for the Oregon Department of Agriculture the ODA, to survey their land and, quote, if ODA finds more than three Mormon crickets or eight grasshoppers per square yard, it will recommend a chemical treatment called Diflubenzeron. Oh. Uh, landowners can be reimbursed for up to 75% of the cost, end quote, from the AP. Now, before we get into what that chemical slash suppression system is and yeah. does, etc., Three crickets per square yard. Is this a fair number to begin with? Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us how many crickets were found per square yard this past May. All right, let's let's get into it. Okay, I have a feeling it's bad news. All right, quote, in some areas near Arlington surveyed in May soon after the hatch, oh, yeah. there were 201 Mormon crickets per square yard. Yard, end quote from the AP. I was about to do a drum roll, but I didn't have space on the table. So just imagine it. And that's just Woo. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I am an entomologist, so <laughs> I can say that's a lot of cricket. 201 is more than three. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a lot more to be uh, scientific. Oh, so the reason... <laughs> to be scientific. I'm yes, so sorry. It does. It's true. <laughs> How do you work with me? Facts. They're facts. Oh. So the recent cricket season has blown the requirement out of the water. Needless to say, farmers and ranchers are into diflubenzeron, which works by, quote, inhibiting development, preventing nymphs from growing into adults from the AP. That sounds like an option sounds like an option it sounds like an option yeah and it's fucking used uh since the 1980s usda's animal and plant health inspection service or aphis has sprayed millions of acres with pesticides to control outbreaks okay so you're probably wondering is it safe i really am <laughs> i really am all right can we do a drum roll yes <laughs> uh depends on who you ask oh no <laughs> so, so that's a no <laughs> Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what the government says and how has a local group responded? You got it. Let's get into it. All right. According to Associated Press, after a 2019 risk assessment, uh, diflubenzeron remains a restricted use pesticide due to its toxicity to aquatic invertebrates, but said risks are low. <laughs> Quote, sure. Yeah, okay. Um, but environmental groups oppose the program. Last month, uh, Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Con uh, Conservation and the Center for Biological Diversity, or CBD, hmm, cool. sued, yeah, <laughs> that's what it means, um, sued APHIS in the U.S. District Court in Portland. In their filing, they accuse APHIS of harming rangeland ecosystems and not adequately inform adequately informing the public about treatment areas. They also allege the agency violated the national environment policy by not assessing all the alternative alternatives to pesticides or analyzing the cumulative effects of the program, end quote. So it sounds like it's bad. Um, and there are 
you know, they they were just like, we just want the options. What are the options? What are the options? options? What are the other options? What are the options here? What are the options? Because it sounds like it could hurt fish. 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 Aquatic invertebrates. Aquatic invertebrates. So fish. Fish. Water stuff. Water stuff. All the things. Water animals. All the things in the water. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Think of the water animals. Think of the water stuff. God damn it. So... Andrew Missile, uh, staff attorney at Advocates for the West, the nonprofit law firm that filed the suit, said, quote, we're not trying to stop APHIS from ever using pesticides again. The point is really to reform the program. Okay. End quote. So, to be honest, using more and more pesticides isn't working so great and hasn't been working so great as seen by the enormous number numbers in crickets each year. Yeah. Uh, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a shotgun wound, all while possibly poisoning stuff around you at the same time. Yeah, so, that's not a solution yeah. at so, all. Dr. Marissa, any thoughts as to why these bugs just keep coming back in greater numbers? Uh, they like it. Yeah, that's um, right. They it's like true. it there. They do. It's That's all I can think of. Yeah, they <laughs> like it, and it's just getting better for them, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> AKA climate change. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a symptom of a of a larger problem. Quote, due to climate change, this part of North America is becoming increasingly arid and drought-stricken. While this is bad news for most species of insect, um, this is actually ideal circumstances for these particular insects to thrive. Well, I'm glad someone likes it. <laughs> <laughs> if temperatures rise, these insect populations will grow faster. They will also need to eat more because rising temperatures increase in, in insect metabolism. Oh. Together, that's not good news for crops. Uh, Scott Merrill, researcher at the University of Vermont, told IFL Science. So they like it and they're more hungry. Yeah. So a solution would be to reverse climate change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, just yeah. pesticide them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, at the moment it's pesticides and lawnmowers, uh, until we do a little bit more, otherwise we're gonna run out of food. <laughs> so yeah, and that's how this segment ends. <laughs> oh, that took a really dark turn. All I'm of sorry, a I didn't know how. No, to... it's okay. I'm just like, oh wow, yeah. what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Anyway, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? After the break, we're gonna need some puppies. Yes. <laughs> sorry to okay. all our neighbors. Stay tuned. Please do. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. But nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. 
we'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, we've got some fascinating news about our best friend, the dog. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> now, prior to a super important study, which was published in the June 2022 issue of Nature and our main source today, we kind of had a vague idea about when the dog became the dog. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yes. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what was the general time frame uh, we think dogs were domesticated prior to this research? I would absolutely, absolutely. I would absolutely, I'm not drunk. I would absolutely <laughs> love to talk about it. All right. From Tom Hale of IFL Science, quote, previous research has suggested that humans domesticated dogs from wolves some 10,000 to 40,000 years ago, end quote. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little broad. Yes. <laughs> it's a little broad. Yeah, that was my next line. Uh, that's one hell of a gap. We, yeah. Yeah, that's about as much as we knew. And it was going to take a colossal effort, a literal worldwide effort spanning generations to narrow down when and where spot came from. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my friends, I'm happy to report that coordination has finally taken place. And this is what it took. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Quote, archaeologists from 38 institutions in 16 different countries contributed to this study. Thank God. I'm glad we put some people on this. Yes. Because <laughs> this is important. Yes. It's, I'm not even being sarcastic. We need to know. Absolutely. Where these Frenchies came from. Yes. You're Aww. so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing the quote, uh, they analyzed 72 wolf genomes spanning the last 100,000 years from Europe, Siberia, and North America. As the 72 ancient wolf genomes spanned around 30,000 generations, 30,000 generations, Damn. it was possible to look back and build a timeline of how wolf DNA has changed tracing natural selection in action. End quote. From EurekaAlert.org. Science. Science. Using science for good. That's right. I love it. That's right. 72 genomes, or about 30,000 generations, were analyzed. Damn. And I have the absolute privilege of introducing you to two wolf pups that helped narrow down where our dog friends came from. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm okay. 
Okay, so Dr. Marissa, I have a photo here of one of the most well-preserved creatures ever found and pulled out of the permafrost, and it happens to be, believe it or not, an 18,000-year-old male wolf pup found in Siberia. Oh my god. Northeast of Yakutsk. Sure. Yakutsk? Yeah. <laughs> please tell us what do you see? And this photo and all photos will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by and look at this puppy it's yeah. a puppy look at this so you guys you're not gonna believe this it, it looks like a puppy it's so cute bless its little heart it's got fur it's got kind of like a light brown with black uh sort of tie-dye situation fur going on uh it's got a cute little snout yes. it's got beautiful little paws little nails it's got little nails it's got little ears and it's not like a beanie baby pup it's like a toddler pup like yeah. maybe like several weeks in a couple months yeah couple it's months in couple months in she's uh it, it looks like it just fell asleep sorry yeah, it looks like he just fell asleep. Yeah. It looks like he passed away very peacefully, and that's okay. And yeah, no, well, he gosh, even has his whiskers. He even has yeah. his whiskers, and it sounds like he's helping us learn. Oh my God! Yeah, about dogs. That's right. This adorable little guy was named Dogar. Oh my gosh. D o g o r, which means friend in the Yukut language, spoken <laughs> spoken in the area of Siberia where it was discovered. Uh, in the meantime, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see Dogar's little teeth? Yeah, I'm just breaking right yeah. now, so I might okay. be slow to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Dogar's little teeth. Oh, they're so cute! <laughs> they're little... Are they puppy teeth? Yeah. They're little puppy teeth. They're like tiny little teeth that, you know, when puppies like kind of chew on your hand and you're yeah. okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. It's so fucking little cute. Little Dogar teeth. So uh, if you think an 18,000-year-old wolf pup is old, well, I'd like to introduce you to a 57,000-year-old wolf pup also used in this study. What? Yeah. A female puppy was named Zer by the local Trandekhuichen people. Well Nailed done. it. Uh, located in the Canadian Yukon. Uh, she was a little over a month old when she perished, uh, so she's much smaller than oh. Dogar. Uh, and researchers found her in a collapsed den, which is probably how she passed. Uh, so this photo is a little more graphic, but uh, would you like to see her? Absolutely. Okay. I'm here, here for it. Yeah. Oh, she's a little one. Yeah. There's not much left of her. She's not quite as well kept, but she's kind of like curled up. You can see her little teeth. Um, she doesn't have as much fur. Her fur is a little bit more matted, but it looks like she was really curled up yeah. and probably sleeping. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the narrative I've written for myself. Exactly. For the, the sweet, sweet passing away yeah. of the <laughs> yeah. cutest puppy. Yes. So. so these two were just some of the champions that helped researchers figure out where dogs came from. So drum roll, please. By looking at 72 genomes, they found that almost 100% of the ancestors... <laughs> Sorry, let me do this again. We got it. <laughs> Quote, by looking at the 72 genomes, they found that almost 100% of the ancestry of early dogs in Siberia, the Americas, East Asia, and Europe can be directly linked to an Eastern Eurasian-related wolf species. Holy shit. Yeah. I like how the dog in the backyard yeah, just started... started... They're like, are you talking about something <laughs> very important right now <laughs> like my ancestors 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. So meanwhile, early dogs in the Near East, like the Middle East and Africa, developed up to half of their ancestry from that Eastern Eurasian-related species Aww. and the remaining half from another population related to modern Southwest Eurasian wolves. This may have occurred as a result of independent domestication in the Near East and Africa or due to dogs canoodling with local wolves. Hmm. But overall, dogs are more closely related to ancient wolves from the Eastern Eurasia than those from Western Eurasia, hinting that domestication may have occurred more primarily in the East. Oh, the so East. we have our Eastern friends. Yeah. To think for cute, cuddly little puppies. <laughs> Thank you so much. So uh, that was from Tom Hale of IFL Science. So the next time you smush a dog face, know that that dog face came from a very long line of wolves somewhere in the Himalayas and Tibetan Plateau, the Mongolian grasslands, Central East and Northeast Asian forests, and maybe some Japanese islands. And I'd say they probably weren't very scary looking if we domesticated them no <laughs> they're probably no. look at look at dogar dogar so the cutest i i realize you're looking at like a, a a not alive puppy um it's hard to say the word dead when describing <laughs> a puppy but you're looking at it at one that was alive a while ago but it's so cute and it's such an important part oh my god our our, our best friend's ancestry. That's right. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. And thank you for <laughs> listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about uh, cannibal Mormons ruining people's lives. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Don't say crickets. Just say cannibalistic Mormons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a movie, let me tell you. That's right. We just made it better. Yep, so much better. Yes. And uh, tell them that dogs came from the Far East. Uh, hug a dog today. Uh, hug too. Hug too. And uh, please, stay interesting. Please do. <laughs>